everyone, welcome back to After Hours at Blondie's, where we are joined by a very special, beautiful, talented guest today, Shades of Day. Welcome in. Thanks for having me. Welcome, welcome. And we have Mason <laughs> <laughs> joining us from Tulum. I have kicked him off of my chair because he fidgets too much and <laughs> he's sequestered. We're going back to the opposite chair when I get back. Let's just be honest. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So he'll be back next week. But he's joining us remotely. So apologies if there's an audio delay or talking over. We are managing the vacation time over here is what we're doing elegantly. Always working. Always working. <laughs> Always working. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So welcome in everyone. Thank you all for being here. We are going to yeah. jump in and get started right away. Shades of day. Welcome. Let's take you back, all the way back. What is your first memory that you fell in love with music? So I think that uh, it's kind of a thing that, like, I was thinking about that because I do get that question. And I haven't really known life without music because my mom, both of my parents play the trumpet. My mom is a music instructor, so like growing up, life was very music filled. And um, I think even like when I like it just seems like a factual thing to me, like, you know, I have brown hair and music is a part of me. And I am like, my name is Sarah. Like it just felt very like, of course. Yeah. But I think it became more personal when probably when I was doing my undergrad and my master's kind of like in college when I was running a lot and I would just like, cause when I first started running a lot, that was in Nebraska. And so <clears throat> that was, um, in Nebraska, the music, uh, what people are into is more like bassy, more kind of like drum on the drum and bass side, people like Odeza, um, uh, like big gigantic pretty lights kind of like the electronic -y mm -hmm. like with bass. orchestral yes. bass big yes. tunes and big like halftime kind of but yeah. like still melodic and so I was really into that stuff and that's what I really started listening to at the beginning and when you're running and that's like you're going you have all these like endorphins and you're just like oh this is yeah. amazing yeah. so you feel it yeah yeah so that was like the personal part of like when I when that became like a love and a passion for me mm -hmm. and then it started getting a lot more housey and it was funny because like then as I continued through school and kept running and stuff running was kind of my break from everything so it was like I started going in the housey direction and but I didn't know I was listening to house music and then someone was like oh so do you like house music? And I'm like, what? What is house music? <laughs> Explain. It's like when, like, it's like when older people call every kind of electronic music techno. Yes. Oh, right. yes. Isn't that techno? Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. That EDM. Yeah, and then I I did some research on house music. Sounds so funny, but that's when I was like, oh, I love house music like this this is what I've loved all along but like I just didn't know that's what it was called <laughs> so it was definitely like a journey of like finding things that that I love but 
music has always been that like really personal kind of like quality mm-hmm. that that I and, like integral to yeah, who you are it's like burnt into my soul I just like it's really personal to me and I feel like it's something that I need to take care of because like I think for a while I wasn't really doing that much with music like growing up I was in band and I played instruments and blah 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 but like then I was like okay band is for nerdy people and I don't want to <laughs> do that and so yeah then, then I didn't do anything with music and mm-hmm. and it made me really sad it's like you you need to like take care of that part of you it's really special so yeah nurture it grow yeah. it feed it love it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, absolutely so yeah that was kind of it's not like a specific moment in time but it's more of like a a journey. journey through it yeah. yeah so what instruments did you play in band then so since my parents both played the trumpet I of course had to play the trumpet of course so I started on trumpet and then um I played the French horn for a while that's the one where it's like you see it on like Christmas trees and stuff it's like mm-hmm. very swirly and then very circular yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's in like orchestras and stuff and in like film scores you'll you'll hear it and um, that one is more difficult because you have to have a pretty good sense of pitch. And, uh, cause with trumpet, uh, you're kind of locked in like the, the fingerings that you use, you're like locked in a bit more with the, with the notes, like it kind mm-hmm. of forces you to play certain notes. Right. But with the French horn, um, you can play a lot more notes with the same finger pattern. So you mm-hmm. just need to be aware of like, which pitch you're hitting yeah. <laughs> to make sure you're playing the, you're you know, on hitting the right, the right pitch. note right yeah no, interesting yeah yeah and then I also played piano but that was only by ear <laughs> so, yeah so yeah most most of the stuff like I've been relying heavily on my ear and it got to the point where my band director was like mad at me like my mom would get mad at me and mm. I would like purposely screw up, you know, like when you're in band, you need to sight read things. So that's Mm -hmm. like when you get a piece of music and you've never seen it before and you just have to like play, read it and, and translate it to Mm -hmm. music and immediately without like learning the program first. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very technical, but like, Mm -hmm. it was so easy for me to just like hear someone else play the pitches and the rhythms. And so then I would just you know, copy them. Yeah. And I would purposely screw up trying to, you know, read this for the first time. And my yeah. mom would be like, no, it's, it's like this. And she would play it for me. And then I'd be like, oh, okay, I know how to play this. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's kind of how I well, got That's just it. how you learned it. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I kind of handicapped myself a bit because I, I really didn't, I could have learned a lot more on the technical side, but mm-hmm. I kind of just like refused to I mean you're a kid you're that. going through school you're gonna yeah. rebel against things yeah that, yeah yeah and especially when your parents are like you gotta learn this and right like, I don't want to yeah the worst <laughs> way to get a child to learn something is to tell them they've got to learn something Exactly. you know it's like yeah. it's like if they just see you killing it and you don't say anything they'll probably want to copy you but if you're like yeah. oh well this is what you got to do now well yeah, yeah. not what so. not exactly what you think is gonna happen <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah Especially once you're a teenager, you're su- you're actually supposed to rebel. That's like it's genetically programmed into everybody, especially girls, actually, to rebel from home. 
And it's like that. That's why that teenage years are so turbulent with parents. It's because like you're supposed to find your tribe that's Mm -hmm. outside of your family. So you don't have incestual children. (laughs) That's so funny. That's actually actually true. That's exactly, that's actually true. (laughs) Okay. Well, you're not doing anything wrong. You ended up where you're exactly where you're supposed to be. There we go. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. So you grew up in Nebraska. Yes. Yeah. How is, what is, okay. We live in Vancouver now. It is a suburban, it is crazy busy. Where, how, and where is Nebraska bigger than Vancouver? Um, That's a state, is it not? Nebra- yeah, so Nebraska oh, yeah. is, a state, okay. is right in the center okay. of the states. If you draw an X over wow. the states, it's right where the lines meet. Um, we have a lot. Of, everyone's always like, "Oh, you have a lot of mountains there." No, it's like straight up cornfields and like quite a lot of agriculture. But um, we do have a, the biggest city there is called Omaha, and I grew up on like the suburban, almost rural edge of uh, Omaha Mm -hmm. and so yeah like I don't know it's very different I I guess I could talk about so many different things but like um the journey of coming to Vancouver was kind of like uh there were a couple steps in there that of course uh, like because I did my undergrad in like all my school and my undergrad in Nebraska Mm -hmm. and then I did my master's in Montreal so Mm -hmm. I moved there and that was kind of a nice like mid like Montreal is a big big city but it's like a kind city (laughs) like it's kind to you it won't just like totally like <laughs> feed you to the wolves yeah. here's ten thousand dollars in rent go have yes <laughs> exactly exactly yeah and yeah. then um after that I moved to New York for a year and that's that was a full-on like New York will Hustling eat you up if, if you don't love it so yeah. like that was Brooklyn yeah New York yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so then after like the biggest I, city in the world so yeah. 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 Oh, and Brooklyn is tough too. I mean, right. I lived in like Williamsburg, which is like the also kindest to like <laughs> hipsteriest part of Brooklyn. But mm-hmm. yeah, so um, <laughs> worked in Manhattan, lived in Brooklyn, and then um, then I came here, and yeah, I was like, so you know, in New York, I was like surrounded by all this house music, and it was just kind of by default, everyone loved listening to house music Mm -hmm. and that was so different from nebraska because like in nebraska every like by default almost everyone loves listening to country or kind of like i guess bluegrassy stuff which i enjoy Mm -hmm. um it's not house yeah (laughs) and then a little less odessa a little more country road yeah Yeah. yes (laughs) yeah so so new york was this i was feeling really inspired and then coming here, I was like, oh my gosh, where is everyone? <laughs> I came <laughs> where here. Where are my people? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my God. I yeah. I cried when I first got here. Like I moved here because I um was offered a job here for architecture. Mm, but yes. um so like architecture has been taking me around to all these different cities. And then I've kind of been doing music on the side all in all of these places. But mm-hmm. it was I was so happy to find the underground scene here. Yes. It was just like, oh, like so beautiful. Yeah. I tell I tell everybody this we're hidden. We're yeah. hidden, but we're here. 
you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you kind of have to dig for us a little bit. Yeah. But once you find one person, then it's a whole network yeah. of just amazing people who all support each other and have yes. great music and everything like that. Yeah. And they're all passionate yeah. about their craft. Like they, they just want to do something special and like be together and share this experience together. It's mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah. So, so architecture is taking you every single place. Did you go to school for architecture? Yep. So you're ar- architectural designer yes. right now. Yes. Very so, cool. Yes. I, um, all I need to do is take my exams and then I would, I can legally call myself an architect, but, um, as of now I can only call myself an architectural designer, but I do everything an architect does. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't stamp the drawings myself. The final approval. Yeah. Make it a building. Yeah. 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 Interesting. So. And I hear you have a really big passion for it. Yes, yeah. I do. What yeah. is your, I've never been in that world. What is your favorite part about it? Hmm. That's, that is a good question. I think, um, each, uh, when I was in school, I had different parts about architecture that inspired me. And, and then on the practice, on the side of practice, I have my favorite parts, but in school, I really loved architecture theory. It's like Mm -hmm. all the beautiful stuff that you read about and like, you know, what makes a building, like what makes good architecture good. Mm -hmm. And it's everything from like art history to like, um, theorists that write about phenomenology and like the the senses like how you experience space and um, like the quality of light and the quality of materials and and like all of these really beautiful things that like make you really excited about architecture mm-hmm. and um, then I so that was I loved school I adored school it was so much fun yeah I thought about getting a PhD and I still might want to teach architecture someday, but mm-hmm. like, we'll see about that. Once in a time. Yeah. But then I started, I actually didn't even know if I wanted to practice architecture. And thank goodness I did because I wouldn't have come to Vancouver or I wouldn't have gone to New York, which would have affected my musical experiences. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, with with the practice side, I do something. So, you know, in school, it's very like spiritual, I guess I would call that. But um, the practice side is very practical. And um, you're working like we do towers in the downtown. So you're working with like consultants, like big teams of consultants, which I, I never thought I would appreciate built like making towers. But I actually love it. I love talking to all of these people that know way more than me about electrical or mechanical, like yeah. the mechanical in our building. Like yeah. you have to provide space for all of that stuff. And, right. and mm-hmm. that's how the building like breathes. So mm-hmm. we need to like, I, I enjoy knowing about like the grease traps and the like, blah, 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 that you need to provide for your like retail unit on your first level and the loading Mm -hmm. bags and all this random stuff. Like it sounds really boring, but puzzle pieces, just all fitting together. And it just has to fit together. So it's super interesting to me. Um, It's actually a miracle how uh, these buildings, you know, we take these things for granted in the, in the Western first world, North America, especially where they're all designed so well because they're the newest version of buildings in the world. And then you go other places and you're like, wait, they didn't do that. 
Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just things that we take for granted that are just automatic for us are like, yeah. come, you know, you go other places and they're like, you know, it's just not the way that you would expect it to be. So yeah. taking in all those factors is just something that because we're the newest to do it, we kind of have always done it here in our entire short history of being North Americans, you know, and yeah. you go to around the world and look at old architecture and you're like amazed at how any of it worked without all the modern crap that we take mm. for granted. Technology. Yeah. 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 For like, sure. Often the older architecture was a bit overbuilt because mm-hmm. they they couldn't, you know, whittle down the they couldn't figure out how how much steel you actually need for xyz amount of load for your building but it's really amazing like you're right because in in other countries um where they don't have as many resources they don't have like entire firms that will do like wind analysis and like earthquake Mm -hmm. like seismic analysis and all this stuff to test like to the limit what you actually need to provide and it's it's really amazing to to be a part of this whole process so yeah yeah the miracle the miracle of modern civilization it's yeah. it's you guys it's technology yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You don't think twice about it. I grew up in downtown Vancouver. I'm like, buildings are just a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just here. They're just normal. Everybody does this. But well, really, it's true. <laughs> Most yeah. people don't care about that stuff. So I, I get it. Yeah. But no, it's to, to think about it deeper is very fascinating. Yeah. It's an art form in itself. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Very cool. So it's taking you around to all these different places. Your first stop out of Nebraska was Montreal. Yeah. What, how did you find the musical scene there? Um. I, funny enough, didn't really go out and experience that much music in Montreal. And I wish mm-hmm. I would have. I've never been to stereo. I wish mm-hmm. I would have gone. Like, yeah. <laughs> but um, I went to all these little cool, like weird bars that had yeah. local DJs. And that was cool. really interesting. Like yeah. it gave me an idea for like the this kind of the grit of the scene. And, mm-hmm. you know, it. I also saw like Christian Loeffler and a couple of bigger artists at mm-hmm. a few bigger venues, but it was really interesting to see that type of like, there's a Montreal grit and I really, I really like it. It's kind of this, like, you know, it's just so like stylish and it's not like no one's trying to be too fancy, but everyone's like, you know, everyone cares about how they dress. Everyone cares about, you know, like you, people appreciate like a nice cocktail and people, people like the art of things Mm -hmm. in Montreal. And Mm -hmm. I think that also comes through in the music too. Like people really appreciate the art of music there. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was cool. I went to my first warehouse party there, which was like, you know, you don't find out the location until like an hour before and that kind of thing. It was (laughs) like, what do I wear? Where do I go? How do I get there? Yeah, Montreal definitely has like a, a more established culture for sure yes. than the West Coast does. You know, it's just uh, it is an older city, but it's also they they kind of focused on being like it's like a more focused culture. Like everybody's uh, everybody contributes to that, and like it's a more about a constant, a consistent aesthetic, a consistent culture, a consistent. Yeah. You know, whereas like the West Coast is kind of just like 
everybody can be whatever they want to be. And, you know, and it doesn't matter if we all blend in, you can do your thing there and you do your thing there. And then there's no, like, there's no cohesiveness here. It's kind of just like, you know, plus it's Vancouver has no history. It's very, it's the new, one of the newest cities in the world. So it's definitely very different when you compare, you could compare Montreal and New York, but you can't compare Montreal and New York to Vancouver. It's just, Mm -hmm. yeah, Vancouver, you compare to, you know, San Francisco, not even that. I think San Francisco has got more of a cohesive culture than Vancouver does, but. Mm-hmm. Um, there's opportunity yeah. for room for growth in that, but also it's a little bit sure. disorganized. Yeah. In the fact that yeah. Yeah. hard yeah. to find, first of all, our underground scene and everything. So yeah, yeah interesting history. Yeah. And then going through mm-hmm. Williamsburg mm-hmm. and then New York, Brooklyn area, mm-hmm. finding more of the house music there. Yeah. What were some like kind of big takeaways from being in Brooklyn. So I feel like I had a very like um, narrow view of Brooklyn probably because um, when I was there, I was living with one of my friends from my master's and I ended up living with him and his other friend who were DJs. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. where it started kind of happening um, mm-hmm. because I was interested in DJing but I was actually more interested in producing music. So mm-hmm. I, I started mm-hmm. doing that. And then I was like, oh, there's also mixing music, which like I was trying to figure out the difference. And then I started living with these two friends. And one of my friend from um, Montreal who I was living with in New York, he was from Spain. He was half Spanish, half Moroccan. Mm-hmm. And then his friend was Nigerian. And his friend, mm-hmm. like they are some of the coolest people I have ever met they had like friends that are way cooler than me and they so like the Nigerian friend um he was really into Afro house he was into a a lot of house but like he was really into Afro house and that's where I first like just absolutely fell in love with this like energy oh my god it's like so much energy that that like Afro house can bring and it's so freaking groovy and like Mm -hmm. I don't know I felt really probably if I were to listen to that kind of before that time, I would feel kind of out of place or like weird that maybe I, maybe it's not part of my culture that I grew up with. So I would maybe feel like I, I don't know if I'm welcome to like appreciate it that much or call Mm -hmm. it my own. Right. But Mm -hmm. because I had those friends, they were like, no, like get in here. We're going to mix this together. And like, let's, let's freaking get down. And it was amazing. Like I just, that's really great. Yeah. 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 And so we were like the three of us, we were playing house parties Mm -hmm. all over Brooklyn. And then that was actually my first, it was like technically my first gig was in Brooklyn at this like little tiny Haitian cafe during the day bar at night. Mm-hmm. Um, Roughly what year is this? That was 2019. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and yeah, I feel like, I feel like that was, <laughs> Uh, New York has this kind of culture of um, inflated confidence, but it really gets you places. Like Mm -hmm. there's something to be said about having like being overconfident about something and then like it can really, it can take you far. Mm -hmm. And I feel like because I was there with my friend and he was like, yo, I got us a gig, we're doing this. And I was like, 
I have no idea what I'm doing, but okay, look at the shot, see how it goes. Yeah. Okay. And um, I felt like I just had a little too much confidence and I was underprepared. But um, my first gig in Vancouver was sort of the opposite, where I was like so afraid of of this, but I was like a little bit probably overprepared looking back, but I was lacking confidence. So Mm -hmm. it was it's funny how like technically like my first two gigs in both places were were very different and like taught me very different which one would you say was better oh well I think I always I always like to feel over prepared for something (laughs) like it helps when you're prepared it helps totally Yeah. yeah yeah and I don't know just like the the first gig that I had in Vancouver was really really magical it was like very special um it was after I was on I was closing after Jordan Gill Mm -hmm. and it was the first time I was playing like uh like I had been hearing like oh Jordan Gill he goes really hard so you better like bring the energy and I was like oh shit okay (laughs) oh my god (laughs) yeah so I was roughly when was this um that was 2022 May, May of 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, so this was before the city really started to embrace progressive. 2022. Yes. I feel like yeah. starting to embrace progressive. Yeah. Or, like 20, starting to. Yeah. It was like, but like, it, like now it's all over the place in Vancouver, but before no, it was sure. like, you know, like Jordan Gill was, there was Jordan Gill and maybe Brain, and that was it. And, and, yeah. and Zeta. Yeah, and yeah. that was it. Like, <laughs> yeah, very few. Yeah, that's yeah. funny because, yeah. like, I had because some of my best friends are Danish and Matt, Matt, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He goes by Matamus, mm-hmm. and all of us are mm-hmm. prog heads. We freaking mm-hmm. adore progressive, and mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. was so. I felt like I was around it a lot, and I just found myself around progressive. So I didn't. I probably have a skewed like view of how the progressive scene was up and coming Mm -hmm. like that was was entering the scene kind of like as it was starting to starting to grow yeah 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 Yeah. definitely yeah because before that like in the pandemic it was a lot of deep house deep tech and then slowly yeah yeah, because these players, Zeta, Jordan Gill, and a couple other mm-hmm. people, Bryn, were so good at it. Yeah. Everybody's like, wait a second, we've been sleeping on this for this so stuff. long. Yeah. yeah. So Mason fell in love with Jordan Gill. We're going to have him on the podcast eventually. Yeah. But nice. Yeah. So you're going to follow him. Felt overprepared. Yeah. But well, very I nervous. felt, looking back, I was overprepared, but I felt like I really had to like bring the energy I was so nervous for this and you know when you listen to your music and you're like okay well I hope it's you know you're listening on your headphones and you're Mm -hmm. like and then you listen to the person coming before you on these like this massive sound system and you're just like Mm -hmm. shit I don't think my tracks are going to match their energy level. And then you start playing and you're like, okay, no, it was the sound system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like it was fine. But like this, this event was so special because um, it was at Levels Excess. And at that venue, the lights shine on everyone's faces. So mm-hmm. you can like compare. Yeah, those lights are super space. cool. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Compared to, let's say, Gorgamesh, where you can't see people's faces very well, but like mm-hmm. there, I could see everyone and everyone's looking at me and uh, like you can s- just see their expressions. And like, I that was something I had never felt before or like mm-hmm. seen. Mm-hmm. And then um, I kid you not, at the end of the show, um, it was like my last track and everyone starts chanting Shades of Day. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to cry. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> yes, we got like a video of the end of that. But I was like, oh, my God, that will be that moment will like live on in my memory forever. It was Legends so were born. Yeah. yeah legendary like getting like <laughs> teary <laughs> thinking about that is so so amazing yeah so. very cool because you prepared so much nervous yeah. about it and super then nervous it and then it so ended well. up being like totally fine and it went really well and yeah like yeah. carry that forever yeah 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 yeah, yeah have it so. amazing yeah. Wow. So first gig went really well yeah. <laughs> in Vancouver. And then beyond like further than that, you probably found some connections here and there. How did you find and get into the scene here in Vancouver? So I think I have Twitch to thank for that because I had started my Twitch channel. <laughs> I really didn't know what I was doing on Twitch when I first started. And I was doing like one hour sets once a week okay it's <laughs> like, like oh, no one's watching <laughs> why can't like, they find me <laughs> yeah I was like calling up my friends like hey yeah. can you I'm live right now can you watch can you just go on for a yeah like, can you just like on your screen in the background while you work or whatever yeah but, yeah so for people who don't know twitch the longer sets the better and that's how you get the viewership because then you kind of raise in the rankings of little Twitch, Twitch yes. world. And yes. even the music scene is smaller than the whole rest of the Twitch. So you have to be on there for longer and just yeah. wait it out. Yeah, exactly. Wait for the people to find you. Yeah. So it took me a while to figure that out because like none of my friends knew Twitch. And when I moved here, I didn't know, I guess like, yeah, I didn't know anyone um except for my best friend moved here like at the same time as me and we started Mm -hmm. living together Mm -hmm. but other than that I didn't know anybody in the city and like I was just like okay we're gonna meet some people and (laughs) so it was through Twitch that um I I had heard someone talking and I had like been going to gigs and stuff and I met like a really my first friend that I met at like the first electronic event that I went to is still like one of my best friends today. That's awesome. And um, yeah, so Mm -hmm. he like, (laughs) he was telling me about like the initiative and some of these other collectives. And so I was, um, I was just streaming. And one day Danish pops in the chat and I had no idea who Danish was. Right. Danish was like, oh yeah, like what kind of genres do you like? Do you always play this? And I don't know. He started saying a bunch of music stuff and I was like, man, this guy knows like quite a bit about music. That's weird. And then he's like, yeah, do you know the initiative? And I was like, yeah, like someone was telling me about, about this collective. Sounds super cool. And he's like, yeah, we like, this is my collective. And like, 
you know, you can come watch our, like come to one of our events at some point. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, someone from the initiative is watching me right now. Okay, <laughs> shit, I gotta like gotta really go. do well. Put my outfit. Let's get there. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. We just so, had Henry on last yes. episode or two episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah. There's so Which much so talent cool. in, in the initiative as yeah. a collective. It's so impressive. Mm-hmm. But so I went to their, um, gig that they had in Stanley Park and I met Danish for the first time and I mm. it's so funny now because that's where I met him for the first time too what's that oh that's when you met him that's what that's where I met him at the first time too he was playing I was like dude that was awesome when am I going to hear you again he's like I don't know I'll let you know and I added him on Instagram and it's a little oh love story God, that's amazing <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so the Stanley Park one was the legal one that such they a groupie were. it's ridiculous I don't think it was legal because the yeah. police came at the no. end Oh, okay. After they had cleaned everything up. So if you want the backstory behind that one, <laughs> watch his episode. Yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. where a lot of people got connected. So you met Danish yeah. there. Yes. Very I met cool. Danish there. And then um, Danish kind of started, because I thought he was going to be like, I'll teach you some things. But he was like, mm-hmm. no, you should like play with us. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So he starts kind <laughs> of introducing me to some people. And then... Um, the gig for levels that's when um i don't know how it all worked but i started getting like recommended to other people mm-hmm. so someone found me on uh instagram like maybe through twitch or something i don't know and they just messaged me on instagram and then they were like yeah we see you play um progressive and we wanted to invite you to close for Jordan Gill mm-hmm. and so that event organizer is now one of my best friends along with Danish so, nice. like, and yeah. so like some of us I don't know it, it was quite a lot of like my name was getting passed around because that's mm-hmm. kind of what happened with Gorgamish as well mm-hmm. um I actually didn't know you know everyone hears about Gorgamish everybody wants to play there and of course yeah like you know it was 20 when was this it was like 2022 in August so that was like the first year that I was playing in Vancouver and my birthday is August 11th on like a week before my birthday Graham texted me and he was like well so uh wanna play August 12th? No, like, are you kidding me? This is like the best birthday gift ever. 100 <laughs> percent And yeah. I, I didn't know how that happened, but apparently mm-hmm. Nightcraft and um Zach, Francesco Rosa, yep. both recommended me to Gorgamish and they mm-hmm. just invited me. And so I, and I was like, oh my God, Very this cool. is the best thing ever. So yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been a lot of like name passing and recommendations for sure so yeah just meeting one person yeah. getting into the scene and then the twitch scene yeah we all play with each other we all like dj go back to back go yeah. to people's houses exactly and i think like yeah. when you also have twitch um as kind of a um a place to output your music consistently then mm-hmm. people really get an idea of how you play and like how your personality is and they can more easily judge you from like for what you might offer them for a musical mm-hmm. event yeah um based especially on, if you're not regularly putting out sets on soundcloud or something like that yeah mm-hmm. exactly like some, be the alternative way to do that i guess 
Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have Twitch, have SoundCloud. But I feel like I agree with you. Twitch is a way that you can showcase a performance. Mm -hmm. You know, you can really like Mm -hmm. there is an element to it. We were just saying this before where it's like it's not necessarily about your musical performance. Mm -hmm. It is more of like connecting to your audience and connecting to the community Mm -hmm. and then pairing that with. But you can also use it as, you know, musical performance as well, too. Yeah. So talk me through kind of growing Twitch. And so you're saying at first you're kind of doing an hour long set. not really sure Boy, yeah, why people that was, that was the journey yeah uh, tell us walk us through because twitch is a wild uh, wild gosh, ride so animal, for sure. <laughs> labor of love at the beginning yeah uh, it's still a labor of love <laughs> like <laughs> like yeah. the tech issues are a label of labor oh, of love but bless. yeah um the community i think like after i started i started watching other people um and how they conducted themselves on Twitch. And I was like, okay, so, and you know, they're going for like eight hours and like 24 mm. hours. And I'm just like, okay, well, I can't do that. <laughs> the but... sub-marathon streams, you're just like, am I supposed to be doing that right now? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, so I can yeah. do three. And I was trying to pay attention to their schedule. Oh, and mm. I listened to some, <laughs> it's kind of nerdy, but I listened to some like podcasts on Spotify for mm. how to grow your Twitch. So it was um, coming from a gamer, I think. It wasn't a musician. Mm-hmm. But it still, it was helpful for the kind of business set or, you know, the grow, growing your mm-hmm. stream. Mm-hmm. And then it was, I think getting over the hump of affiliate is really important because mm-hmm. that's like, I remember going from zero to, I remember struggling for 50 followers on Twitch. That was like yeah. a, hard thing for me to do and right. I was like mom can you like sign up here <laughs> oh no you're, you're an MLM you're an MLM now <laughs> yeah. can you make an account for your dog too yeah like, please follow how me. many emails do you have can you make one for all of them yeah. So, yeah yeah that was that was a rough time but like I think there's a hump to get over and once you get over that hump then then your twitch kind of helps you um especially if you're streaming longer hours then it puts you on the front page of things and then Mm -hmm. um you start meeting more people and like especially on the vancouver time zone um it's easy to get Mm -hmm. rates from the rest of north america because everyone's wrapping up their stream and then dumping all their viewers Mm -hmm. so um it ends up being a very convenient time (laughs) to stream yeah and be rated so yeah that was i yeah, I think like it really just beyond that, it really just takes like there are many days when um like when I was trying to grow my stream where I was like, man, I really don't have the energy to put towards streaming right now, but mm-hmm. I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to put my happy face on. And like, then once you see all of your friends in the chat, then and you know, the people you're freaking fam who are there like every stream supporting you and you're just like okay I don't care like I forgot about (laughs) how I was feeling before between the full-time job your real life real gigs and then getting on twitch seems like the last thing that yeah it's like especially Wednesdays where it's like a full day of work and then my brain is just really fried and Mm -hmm. then I'm like immediately starting a three-hour stream for the rest of the evening and then waking Mm -hmm. up for work again those are 
a bit rough sometimes, but you know, when you're actually streaming, you, I just like forget about, I I'm like totally in the zone and like yeah. in my Twitch world. So of it doesn't, cause they give you energize, they energize you yeah. and they're honestly, some of them are more consistent than I am. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll show up first and I'll be like, okay, yeah, I'm coming. I, I know. Yeah. One of my mods was like, Hey, I, I was 30 minutes late and he was like, Hey, are you streaming today? And I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm coming. <laughs> Shout out to the mods on Twitch because Dude, they're the they best. hold Twitch together. They hold me together. Together. yeah oh my goodness oh they're the best yeah. they yeah. they deserve a lot in life for sure absolutely yeah. all the credit to them shout out mods yeah yeah big love to the mods but yeah that's also a good point about consistency that um with twitch it's like crucial to be consistent and even with the time that you're starting like in order to grow your stream there's you have to be consistent and mm-hmm. just like at least twice a week three times a week is a good amount to stream. Um, and then just like as long as you can stream, that's <laughs> always going to help. Longer you, the better. So. 28 yeah. hours. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oof. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. No, so. I feel yeah. It is. It's a journey. I feel like it's an uphill battle of love, but then once you're in it, you're in it yeah. and they just energize you and have so much fun. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah. and like, sorry to cut you off. No, like please. I, I hate to complain about that feeling because people come to Twitch and they, they just want to enjoy, like Twitch can be a really positive space and there's so much negativity already on the internet. And like, we don't need, I, I mean, for sure, there's certain things that I complain about on Twitch, but like generally it's a really positive space for everybody. And it's just so cool to be able to, you know, share your positivity and just share music with everyone. And so I really try to like, doesn't matter if I had a bad day, like I'm trying to have a good fun time with every, like for everyone that's in the chat and with mm-hmm. everyone that's in the chat. Cause mm-hmm. we all need to be like lifted up. And yeah. Have a little escape from the world, yeah. you know, cause it yeah. can be really, really rough place out there for some people like yeah. you know even us right mm-hmm. on the days like don't go as well as we yeah. wanted to yeah yeah but then just kind of escaping do you find into that. that do you find that there's like uh as a, as a female streamer that there's that aspect of the weirdos that keep popping up or has it gotten like as you've gone there longer it's kind of ironed itself out a little more i think um i have a few things to say about that, I think, because, like, I think it's a combination of things. A, it's how you present yourself on Twitch. And I think you will likely have more weirdos trying to say weird stuff to you if you have, like, a booty cam and, like, you're scantily clad or something. Yeah, you're, kind of invi- you're inviting that, yeah. You're, yeah, like, you probably some- going to have... Yeah, questionable dance moves. Yeah, mm-hmm. which like people like to do that and sure like do whatever but I'm just I like to really focus my stream on the musical part of of Twitch and so I think there's that aspect and then there's also like kind of shutting it down at the very start of things where um I've had people come in the chat where they start saying, even if it's something simple like, oh, you're so beautiful or um, 
oh, it it starts to go down. I see where it's going. Mm -hmm. And so I usually just direct Mm -hmm. message. I say like, hey, I really want to keep my my channel music focused and like i understand you're trying to be focused yeah me but yeah i'm i'm mm-hmm. just trying to keep it focused uh, yeah on the music part of things i so. agree with you i'm very mm-hmm. musically mm-hmm. focused i sit down and stream you know and so i think one thing that i've noticed too is like when they start commenting on your appearance mm-hmm. and like your physical features rather than like how the vibe is mm-hmm. of the room or like what music is being played today Mm -hmm. then it kind of gives you a little little indication like might not be the kind of vibe that we want like want to encourage yeah it's a weird place to be as a female because you're like I don't think females should be sorry for trying you know if if you as a female want to present yourself in a way that you feel expresses you I think there's nothing wrong with that and Females shouldn't hide themselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, they, if you want to feel beautiful and you want to put makeup on, then like, by all means, wear wear your makeup and put put your favorite shirt on. But I think there's a line where you where it starts to cross into like trying to look for attention, and mm-hmm. um, that's just where I become uncomfortable because I can, I feel like I'm drawing attention to like certain parts of my body or whatever. And like, I'm just personally, like, I I know that certain things can, can like invite, like can in turn make it harder for me, <laughs> like, like create more work for me to then explain like to a person that is trying to compliment then mm-hmm. then I I'm just going to be doing that the whole stream and so mm-hmm. it's kind of like you know it's not just streaming either it's it's also um in real life when you're doing gigs and mm-hmm. you know I like to wear fun outfits and like absolutely when yeah. I'm at a gig oh cuter the better yeah you know I've got my little dress on I got my little hair did you yeah know, I want to feel fun and cute and confident up there too yeah and yeah. then but so then it's a some, weird balance of yeah. like you know, trying like, I think the boundary thing is one thing that you kind of touched on. And I mm-hmm. think that's really good to have is like acknowledging it and thanking them and then kind of redirecting them as well. Like, yeah. like, not like there's mm-hmm. a boundary in place here yeah. and we want to be focusing on the music yeah. kind of thing. Exactly. I think that's yeah. the issue with uh, Twitch or any other online community is that there can be that lack of boundaries that mm-hmm. makes people feel like it's easier to get away with behavior that they wouldn't necessarily be able to in person where consequences can be immediate and, um, you know, forthcoming. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, it's always going to be a battle uh, one way or another, especially the more you get famous, the more people you have following. It's just a numbers game. There's just going to be more idiots out there, you know, and, <laughs> finding real mm-hmm. yeah, finding real ways to 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 get that kind of like stamped down like you like you're talking about dming and i've actually been reading some of the comments here and some of the comments have a couple of good suggestions too where you know they have like blanket statements saying like you know we appreciate the comments but try to keep things focused yada 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 yeah i mean it's it's uh i remember when we were at uh um we were at the New Year's stream for uh, Jesse and Pika and like just seeing the comments come through, it's just, there's so many people, you know, and it's just like, 
just here and there once in a while some fucking weirdo just shoots out some weirdo comment and you're like well there's another one it's, it's just, <laughs> uh, I'd imagine, I'd imagine yeah. like it's yeah. super annoying yeah it's easy to just yeah. say let's ignore it let's just whatever but i'd imagine it just gets it's it's like you're looking at all this fun stuff that's happening and then somebody's like show me your tits or something stupid and it's just like yeah. oh my god Right. That's the thing too. And it's like, if you like, like you're saying, the more famous you get, the better. Obviously I'm not famous and well, hopefully will be, but (laughs) probably never will be, but you know, you kind of like go along and you don't want to be recognized just for who you are and what you're promoting outside of the music. And you want to be taken seriously Mm -hmm. as an artist. And so I think a lot of people will be like, Oh, well, you're just famous because you're a girl. Yeah. You know, and I, I feel like I've heard that. And I've heard the opposite too. I've been sitting down at my stream and then somebody's like, well, you should get up and dance and you'll get more attention. <laughs> it's like, don't tell me what to do. I'll do what I want. It's my channel. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm entertaining yeah. you and you're not happy. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You came here for the music. Fun. I've never danced. Why are you asking for dancing now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's somebody else who's gonna dance and that's okay we love them for it yeah. you know yeah so I guess um my next kind of questions is kind of going to like what you're doing in the real life in in the twitch um real life scene and and what kind of gigs that you're aiming for and looking for and playing and enjoying and obviously I've seen that you play a lot with Danish too a lot mm-hmm. of back-to-back with Danish mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's kind of cool to see someone go back to back with somebody do you find that you have like a really special connection with him you love his music like yeah what is it about that back-to-back dynamic that yeah I think really cool um Danish is just like honestly like a brother to me like he's so special he's like such a deep friend to me that like and we bond a lot on like even things like our political views like my political views are a bit nuanced because of where I grew up and blah 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 and like he has really similar views and so we just like bond kind of on that personal level but also Mm -hmm. like musically um (laughs) like our person he's he's like pretty nerdy and I'm also very nerdy and so like we kind of just nerd around and like I don't know we both love progressive so that's another thing and yeah we both kind of appreciate the same like pace for things like we can both just be like standing next to each other on the dance floor and not saying anything for like two hours and and or we can be like you know really getting we really gotta like talk about a lot of stuff and Mm -hmm. and so it's just like it's a very nice dynamic and yeah it's it's funny because yes a lot of people do think that they're like oh is this your boyfriend and no no like (laughs) Danish is a really close friend of mine and Mm -hmm. like Danish and my boyfriend are actually really good friends so yeah it's all like a really nice you know just and my boyfriend doesn't um has a bit of trouble with like really loud on like a lot of people in one one place so he Mm. often doesn't get out to my gigs which is like completely fine because he's very supportive of everything but Mm. often it's Danish being the one that's like kind of you know fending off the weirdos on the (laughs) dance floor which is like well you know yeah how it goes yeah Yeah. it's it's really cool so and he's got so much experience like both of us are just like there are things that surprisingly that I can teach 
him, which is hilarious because he has 15 years of experience. So like, of course, I'm learning a lot of things from him. And Mm -hmm. yeah, but he's he's a really great. um, He's very like humble and he's always looking for things to learn. And he's always looking to find new people to elevate around him, Mm -hmm. which I find is just like so healthy. It's like a really healthy person to be around. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it also helps that both of us have similar lifestyles. Like he um, works in my same uh, building, actually. So Mm -hmm. um, we've only had lunch together once, but like we really should have lunch more often. But um, we both could be like, see him on the dance floor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) But Yeah. yeah, like we both have, you know, careers that we really care about. And then we're trying to push the musical side of life too or we just really care about it so Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so yeah like it's a really cool relationship that I really like cherish because you know there are few people like that that just kind of like get you you know Mm -hmm. and I it's the same thing with Matt as well um your boyfriend no Matt Matt is the other the guy who booked me for the Jordan Gill oh yes you're really Um, good friends with him yeah yeah Yeah. so he's also and like all of us are just really good friends like we all have the same lifestyles we love the same music um just have the same kind of vibe um and the times when I've done on my YouTube I have some examples of like uh filmed sets that we do together mm-hmm. and my boyfriend is really into photography and film and so he um gets to help us do that stuff from his own artistic side and then we're doing our own music side so it's like me Matt and Danish that are always doing that stuff together so they're some of my closest friends that I really appreciate that's so cool you get to make art with them yeah hang out with them talk with them mm-hmm. then go on these beautiful learn back- from them yeah. <laughs> yeah go on these beautiful back-to-back journeys with them yeah. too which is yeah. so cool I yeah, yeah. I the, did uh did you have a call I well yes. you asked about back going back to back and I mm-hmm. didn't really answer your question but like um it's it's also interesting there are certain people that are much easier to go back to back with than others and mm-hmm with Danish you're right like there is um I don't know if it's just he's really experienced but like we've gone back to back many times at Gorgamish and he's really good at like adjusting to um like reacting to um what you're playing mm-hmm. like what you know it's like very complimentary you, you select a track and then he yeah. selects a track so mm-hmm. every time you're going back to back you're reacting to the other DJ's track Mm-hmm. And it's really like you, you can have like, there are certain DJs that are just, they click together and like, you have this like back-to-back chemistry that really works. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I find that with Danish, it's so easy to go back-to-back with him. So mm-hmm. it's just like, and actually I think he was the first person that I went back-to-back with. So maybe I just learned the Danish style of back-to-back and, <laughs> <laughs> and it all worked out from there. <laughs> Yeah. yeah exactly yeah that's very cool yeah um let me see if we have a question do we have a question out there okay well if i haven't, I haven't been seeing anything that hasn't been already answered 
Yeah. So I did actually want to ask you about um, the videos that you create. So they're very cool. They're almost circle style where you have got one in Nebraska, Chilliwack mm-hmm. Lake, Cypress Lookouts. How, like talk me through kind of like the process of getting the location, setting up, performing, putting it out. Like how how many steps are there? First of all, yeah, yeah. walk me through that. The most complicated part of it is the drone because there's so many rules for where to where you're allowed to fly drones. Mm-hmm. Um, and my boyfriend actually just so my boyfriend is the one that's like he's got a lot of fancy camera gear and a, and the drone. And, um, he's, he just got one that is a bit lighter. I think it's 400 grams that you have to be under, um, to be able to fly mm-hmm. a lot more places. So it's so, like 399 and like yeah. one gram under the weight <laughs> like limit or whatever. And, yeah, whatever <laughs> like, it well, is. technically we're under, but yeah. yeah. So that's <laughs> the hardest part is finding areas that allow, or just don't have any rules for drone mm-hmm. flying. Yeah. Um, and then once come to Tulum, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're flying yeah. there next. We'll be there in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And then after that, it's kind of just like it's it is complicated trying like bringing all of the shit. It's like it's so much stuff and like the table and actually, I just got this generator. Remember how I said mm-hmm. I was nerdy, but like I got this um, battery pack last year mm-hmm. that's like this by this and right. it's like fully lithium battery it's the equivalent of a 2000 watt generator so you can oh. plug in all your stuff play like i had loudspeaker two speakers uh like monitors um two xdjs mixer and a couple other things plugged in and we were able to go no problem for four hours and we still had like the 40% left over or something. So this mm-hmm. thing is a beast. It's so cool. And wow. the power is pretty key for finding where to, where to set up. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah. So like oh, the, totally. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in Nebraska, it was, we were hooked up to the boat. Okay. So the boat's generator was powering the whole thing. And mm-hmm. then, yeah. So that's one of the most complicated, it's <laughs> just, <laughs> funny to try both streams to a new yeah <laughs> new level yeah, yeah I mean, stream yay. yeah <laughs> but, I wouldn't even think about that you yeah. know but I guess that's a really key element to it yeah, yeah. and so. then filming everything do you prepare all your music ahead of time or do you yep I kind of I have an idea of the location and then I usually select or buy tracks that are specifically for that location and then I'll um I'll just run through it and then um I'm the person that gets to do all the video editing and yeah it's been taking like (laughs) it takes so much time oh (laughs) I feel you there must be so well how many cameras do you usually go with well okay so we just did a new one um (gasps) that hasn't come out yet but it's coming make sure you follow her youtube channel it is beautiful it needs to blow up so go there (laughs) i'm a little slow with these videos but it's okay Um, it's worth it they're gorgeous yeah so we have two two and sometimes three uh stationary cameras we have a drone and we also have a gopro which um i haven't used in my previous 
films but in in the one that's coming out we have some gopro shots of like you know really like close-ups of the decks and everything yeah, so yeah the detail shots oh yeah the beauty shots beforehand yeah it's very cool very cool so yeah. it's easier when there's more cameras okay but um because there but when i first started doing it you know it's like one camera would run out of batteries and then like had to just try and flip between the drone and the one other camera that I had. And then if mm-hmm. someone walks in front of the camera, then, well, you better have a drone shot covering that part. And right. it's just like, uh, like coverage, the better, easier yeah. to edit, yeah. easier to edit for sure. For sure. Yep. Interesting. Very cool. Yeah. And you have one coming up. Yes. When can we expect it? Um, probably in the next month. In the next month. Okay. So the February. Yeah. February. Around about February. Yeah. Exciting. Looking yeah. forward to that. Okay. So future plans. We're going into the future five years down the line. Looking back, what do we want to have accomplished, played, produced? Yeah. Tell me so about that. I'm um, currently finishing up. Some, well, I'm in the middle of production classes and working on some tracks and like production, I mentioned before, but production was the interest before DJing ever was. Mm-hmm. And so I just have this like mm-hmm. freaking itch to like, just get out these ideas. Like I mm-hmm. really just want to, at some point, I, <laughs> I don't really care if it, if it, if like no one listens to it or everybody listens to it or whatever, but it's just like, I really just want to make this shit. And I, I'm so excited to like get out these ideas and I can't wait to be like used to my software and just kind of have everything comfortable. I just like reorganized my studio. So, and got a standing desk and everything. So now it's more comfy to produce, but Mm -hmm. I really want to focus on that. And I realize like, we're all human. We only have so much time. So like, I'll probably (laughs) be, I'll have to puzzle my life a bit with like I'll have to you know probably won't take as many gigs in order to be able to produce Mm -hmm. and I'll probably have to be a little bit more selective with the gigs that I'm doing Mm -hmm. um which is fine and and it's funny because like the gigs the gigs that I get invited to often are like a specific vibe like Gorgamesh is kind of its own like Gorgamesh has its own sound and I like play to that sound Mm -hmm. and um you know the there's an event I'm doing uh it's a blueprint event Hannah is coming to Vancouver January 26th so Mm -hmm. that'll be different like a bit different Mm -hmm. and like very specific to that you know so it's like every gig you play is a bit different and it every gig you have kind of like shapes your you as an artist and mm-hmm. like it shapes how what you find what type of music you find and what you like to listen to and what you find yourself listening to a lot and so it just like because I've played a lot at Gorgamish like that's where I cut my teeth and that's where like I feel like I'm just drawn to that kind of music now because I'm mm-hmm. like oh that's that's such a that would go down so well in Gorgamish yeah. and like you know I'm kind of automatically drawn to that type of sound anyway and I Mm -hmm. find myself like orient oriented toward producing that style which Mm -hmm. like progressive was all always something that I was wanting to 
produce anyway but um yeah it's kind of so I want to kind of like find my my sound with production Mm -hmm. in the next five years and I want to be more selective about gigs um and yeah I'm kind of just down for the ride I I need to probably like I'm gonna have to keep just doing everything all to, like architecture twitch yeah. <laughs> gigs everything like all at once and keep yeah. keep this very delicate um, balance, balance yeah. going and yeah. just like maybe I'll quit like maybe I'll go full-time DJ for like two years or maybe mm-hmm. I'll do but like five more years of DJing and then I'll have kids and be like, okay, well, I can't, yeah, can't DJ anymore. That's so. your life. You never know what things will take yeah. you too. I feel like very much in the way like of, of that, having the full-time job, having the Twitch yeah. channel, having the producing desires and this, like, it's just like everything crawls forward and you get a yeah. win in this one and then mm-hmm. a win in this one, this one falls behind. Yeah. You're kind of just <laughs> keeping everything yeah. on an even playing field. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. And yeah. I guess the sounds like within progressive, I feel like there's so many kind of like even sub genres of mm-hmm. that what are kind of the sounds within that for sure genre? yeah yeah that um, really speak to you yeah so like I really like um s- strong melodic techno I'm liking like 128 heavy progressive and melodic techno with like a drop of tech house cool um kind of like punchy but i mean i also talk to me dirty what yeah (laughs) (laughs) i also love breaks breaks is like such a part of my soul that i i want to learn how to like somehow weave these two together because you know you've you hear is that part of the nebraska influence I think so, because like I love liquid drum and bass. I love halftime. I love these really like dirty industrial, like, or even like minimal bass house and like kind of, or even like 80 BPM or like 172 BPM, like just halftime. Like I find it a lot more challenging and like it requires more musical skill and so that's why I appreciate it more mm-hmm. and breaks has all these weird beat patterns mm-hmm. and like very interesting yeah it yeah. just really makes you pay attention and it's just like it's definitely not four on the floor it's like anything <laughs> but four on the floor so There's, like oh I'm missing yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. I I like that like complexity and I want to bring that to progressive and or I just want to see how they come together so Mm. I find it so cool I agree with you when I find a song and all of a sudden there's a breaks element Mm -hmm. in there and you're just like whoop yeah you get some almond breaks and you're like (laughs) yeah it just tickles your brain in a really nice way yeah and it kind of just changes things up changes up the energy and gives you like a little feeling of happy sad this yeah the other way yeah Yeah. brings brings the emotion definitely yeah definitely and I guess like what is your favorite thing about this whole musical world your Hmm. whole if you could sum it up into a kind of like this one what is your Hmm. favorite it's a good question I think it's like um 
the ability to share this like spiritual experience with so many people who are very different from you, how, how we can all like enjoy so deeply this one musical experience. And um, yeah, I find that it just unites all of us. It's so special and it, it's, it is something that you have to, it's like you have to care for that part of yourself. Like I was saying earlier, like you, you, it's like this little, you know, plant inside of you that you got to like water and make sure it gets enough sunlight. And, and mm. like, it is, I, okay, I'm going to be a nerd and like bring the architecture Please, component into absolutely. it. But like, I appreciate about architecture that how, um, like architecture and music have this in common, how both are, they have like an element of rigor, but they also are like playful and kind of mystic. They have this sort of like mysticism about them. And I love that like dichotomy working together, how how they both bring these like two extremes and and they're kind of like yin and yanging together. <laughs> like, you know, music has has a really like heavy technical component, but it also has this really like magical, mystical part of, of the experiential side of things, mm -hmm. which is so beautiful. And you have to like, you know, it's, it can be used. It can be a part of you. You, it, it can be like a verb. It can be like a noun. It can be, it's so many yeah. different things mm -hmm. um like a shapeshifter in a way yeah and yeah. it's like in a world where everything is so empirical and you have to like you know do your wind analysis on your building and you know come up with certain numbers it's I really appreciate how people can respect music and still like be willing to pay money to see good music and like you know, it's imagine if someone had never heard music before, like imagine trying to explain what music is to someone in today's day and age where you're like, mm -hmm. you know, oh, it's it's this thing that you feel and you you also listen and it just makes you feel like this. And like yeah. they would probably think you're crazy. And like, <laughs> oh, and there's no instruments. Wait, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, yeah. can you draw it for me? And you'd be like, ah. <laughs> Okay, there's a little spinny wheel. Yeah, yeah. but it's just <laughs> An electronic screen. Yeah, like it's this. You know, to, to be honest, to be honest, it'd be difficult to explain music to somebody that's never heard music before, without yeah. involving religious, a religious ceremony oh, as an explanation. So if they didn't know religion, they didn't know music. And I mean, that's obviously these are alien concepts because universe, universal language of music is has been tried and tested. I think. Uh, and if I think aliens invaded our, our planet, they would understand what was music and what wasn't, you know, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Yeah. but that being said, I think, you know, if you wanted to explain music to somebody who's never heard it before, you'd have to be like, this is something that people gather around and you explain a story with these sounds that are made from different objects that make different sounds. And, you know, and yeah. then everybody comes together and focuses on that. And then they all feel the same vibration that's coming from it and then we all kind of are synchronizing in this way it's like you know it's just the ceremony of it is kind of a key to explaining explaining something that's you know 
completely auditory, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. But, Interesting. Well, that's some great questions in the we, chat. I'm not sure if you want to go in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. I would love oh, to. I can, uh, yeah, I can, I've good. been skimming through them already, so uh, I'm not going to start yeah. in any particular order, but but somebody wanted us to know what is the name, how the name Shades of Day come to play. <laughs> oh, great question. So um, mm-hmm. I was trying to think of something that touched on my two passions in life, architecture and music. And I really love how both architecture and music can um, shift your perception of both space and time and how, you know, it can orient you, but it can also carry you away in a fantasy land, like both architecture and music can do that. And so like Mm -hmm. architecture can, and music can make you see your surroundings, your like, your experience through a different lens or different um, shades, if you will. And um, with time, like when you listen to music, time can speed up, slow down, and it can feel like a different time of day even. So like I'm calling this idea of how music and architecture can shift your experience so much. I'm calling that shades of day. Um, So it just combines architecture and music for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I love that. Yeah. Another Do good you ever one have that actually uh, kind of. Pl- I, was, I was just going to say another another question that kind of falls directly uh, together with that. I know this would probably be like choosing who's your favorite child, but what do you love more, um, music or architecture? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know if I could choose um, because architecture is my occupation and I have a different relationship with architecture than with music and like, you know, architecture, I depend on it for <laughs> eating and <laughs> having a house. <laughs> over our head in Vancouver. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so like, I, I really love it through all of those challenges of like needing it to, in my life to pay for my life and music is so special to me. It's always like a break from the rest of life. And it's, it always brings me, like fills me up. So I I would have a better idea of probably which one I could choose if I were to reverse and do music for my job and mm-hmm. then do architecture as like a fun and see thing how on you the felt side. about it. Yeah. yeah. But it's, yeah, it's hard Would you to do architecture uh, for free if you didn't have to worry about money? Oh, I would probably read a lot about architecture. <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't think I would do less like, yeah. wind architecture, yeah. more philosophy. More philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> more, more real estate appreciation per se. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, I've seen some places in Tulum that would blow your mind. But anyway, that's another topic. Oh, that'd be cool. Would would there be ever a world yeah. where you combine the two? Have you ever thought about that? Oh, um, I don't know how. I don't know how either, but that would be a very interesting idea. To be honest, if there's any place that embodies that, it would be Tulum. The, a lot of uh, what the art 
architecture is in, in the music scene. I want to go. Don't worry. You don't have to convince yeah, us. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a lot of it. I mean, there's a lot. Of, yeah, there's a lot of it that's like uh, a combination of integrating nature, uh, music, and architecture all together. And there's a lot of that that goes on here. So I think if you wanted to see how that was done, Tulum is probably the place to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I could definitely see you doing some sort of really cool musical set in a very cool architecturally significant space and crafting the musical set for that space. I would love to do that. That would be really cool. That would be super cool. All right. Thoughts for the future. Yeah. Do you have, oh, I saw one question that, um, do you have a uh, space that you want to DJ? Where's your next YouTube set in the outdoors? You don't have to give away the actual location, <laughs> but like kind of vibe. Um, actually, or... I, I can't, I will give away the location because I did air one of the videos on my Twitch channel already. So some people may have seen it, but it's a place called Artist Point. And it's in Washington. Mm-hmm. It's um, on the north side of Mount Baker. So it's like very close to the North Cascades National Park. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this like ridge that's surrounded by more mountains. And you Oof. can drive up most of the way. And right. so we just drove up and then got our little wagon out and <laughs> set up everything. And yeah, it was yeah. amazing. That's cool. So, yeah. Very cool. And that like it was gorgeous. fall. So the colors are like, absolutely beautiful it's like reds like really deep reds and yellows and greens and the dark kind of like soil and the rocks and everything it's just so beautiful so that's amazing you guys if you're not following this channel I don't know I don't know (laughs) I don't know what to do with you all right any more questions out there you guys have such good questions oh somebody said um designing amp amp auditoriums or amphitheaters or venues how would that be? I have uh, I've got one here. Uh, did we talk about how shades can fly planes yet? <laughs> Is that in the picture? Is oh, that in that's the... feet. Oh, my God. So uh, <laughs> my dad is a pilot, a commercial pilot, and mm-hmm. he is also very nerdy. So nerdy, in fact, that he has a Cessna, one, uh, Cessna 212 now. Okay. And so it's like a little tiny plane that seats um, four people comfortably, six people if you're like maybe an amputee or something. <laughs> like you're, you will be smushed in the back to fit yeah. six people. Just a little, a little package, a little sandwich back there. Yes. Yeah. So my dad is about to retire when he turns um, sixty-five, mm-hmm. and so my goal when he retires is because he also teaches um he's a flight instructor so Mm -hmm. I want to get my private pilot's license under my dad um when after he retires so Mm -hmm. he has like at least something to do (laughs) (laughs) is teaching you so Mm -hmm. architecture pilot dj soon to be producer yeah oh they're not enough hours in the career career. What's that means? Somebody asked about her gymnastic career. Oh, how, oh my gosh. How do people know that? I did gymnastics for nine years. And I, yeah. Not enough. I got some mega fans in here. 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. There are enemy soldier. Leave some talent for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, mm-hmm. we won't do that. She's got all the talent, the beauty, the brains, all the ability to accomplish all of your dreams. You are so sweet. I'm so excited to see what's coming next from you. You've got a heart of gold, amazing music. One time I tuned into your channel and you're playing liquid drum and bass and I was so inspired. (laughs) I tried it myself and love the music and promptly left it for you. (laughs) Oh Oh, yeah. But it was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited to see what's next. Yeah, I do. I do uh, wish I was there with you guys in person. Uh, Just the timing of uh, when and how long I can go on holidays is very specific. So I took this opportunity. We figured out the technicals and I think we made it work, although we did have some glitches and it has increased the delay in which we started with. So uh, I do apologize to all those people who have to put up with me being remote to participate in this conversation. I definitely wanted to participate. And so I was not going to sub out of this one. Absolutely not. He said, I must be there. And I said, okay, fine. Yeah, thanks for figuring out the technical stuff. Yeah. We did it. We made it happen. Yeah. We made it work. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for Please. having me. Yeah, thanks Please. to StreamYard. Yeah, thanks to StreamYard. <laughs> Shout out. Um, please follow her on all yeah. of her social medias, YouTube, Twitch, Instagram. Follow us. We've got episodes every single week from amazing up-and-coming DJs, producers, industry members. We've got a beautiful, beautiful guest on next week that you won't want to miss. Thank you for everybody in the chat. And we'll see you all very, very soon. Bye!